What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help getting sober, you can reach out to my line as 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. I'd appreciate it if you're a frequent listener. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you get updates on weekly episodes every single Tuesday and Friday morning. So what I want to talk about today are three emotions that lead to relapse. And this is really important to understand certain cues, certain um, certain things that really play on our emotions and make us make poor choices. You know what I mean? And there's certain emotions that we that we have where we feel disconnected, and there's other emotions too where we uh, we get what I like to call the fuckets and basically commit to doing stupid things because we're not thinking clearly. So. One of the leading causes of relapse, number one, is anger and resentment. This is massive. Anger and resentment has played a big part in my life. And every time, there were a couple times where I was really close to relapsing, this was the, this was the top one. And there's a quote I really enjoy. And it's, anger, holding on to anger and resentment is like holding on to a, a burning coal and expecting it to burn somebody else. Anger is just, it's very, it's poisonous to our spirit. It it doesn't serve us. And, you know, resentment basically goes hand in hand with with the anger. They're essentially one and the same. And the problem with resentment is a lot of times it's justified. You know, we could be angry at a certain individual because maybe they did do us wrong or maybe we feel like whatever transpired shouldn't have. And we have this like this feeling of it's okay to feel this way and it's justified. Therefore, I'm going to hold on to this. However, it's poison. Resentment doesn't get anything done because no matter what, the only person that it actually impacts is you. It doesn't impact the other person. It doesn't change the scenario. And a lot of times we're harping about the past. It's typically resentment is caused from things that already happened. So if we don't set boundaries and communicate with whoever it is that we're resentful towards and things don't change, we're just going to stay angry all the time. And this is another thing too. If we try to communicate about something and things don't change and we keep that person around, then we're to blame to that as well. So like the whole idea is that once we feel like we are resentful and we're angry at an individual, communication is key. We have to communicate with the people in our lives that we feel like maybe aren't treating us correctly or maybe we feel like we're not getting what we need out of the dynamics of the relationship. And if that is in fact the case, if we're not getting what we need out of the relationship then, or a friendship, whatever the case may be, it doesn't need to be a specific, like it doesn't need to be your spouse or your, or a boyfriend or girlfriend or anything like that. But, but the point is we're, we're resentful about a relationship or a certain situation that's going on in our life then at the end of the day, we do have the power. We either draw the boundaries for that situation and that scenario and make a change. Or excuse me, we draw boundaries. And if things don't change, that's when we need to change the people that that we're conversing with. And it's really that simple because you can't afford anger and resentment. If you think you're going to get sober just to feel angry and resentful all the time, there's no shot you're going to stay sober. That's what I like to call a dry drunk or a dry addict. 
you might be abstinent for a little bit, but recovery is truly about changing our attitudes and behaviors and changing, transcending who we are on the inside. So there's no room for anger and resentment. I look at anger and resentment as I cannot afford to feel that way. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? When something's bothering me for a long time or like there's a certain gap where if I notice that I'm focused on a certain situation for too long, I have to do something about it. Like I have to come to some type of terms because I can't afford for my peace of mind to be to be fucked with for that long. It's it's too important for me. You know what I mean? My peace of mind is one of the most important things to me. So anger and resentment really just like it, it basically deteriorates any type of um, constructive thought that that you have. And I, I know when I was a kid, I really struggled with anger. So like for me specifically, definitely a big trigger um, in my early recovery. I really struggled with it, you know. So that was something that I had to get um, a control of, you know what I mean? I really needed to focus on meditation and and prayer and meditation and talking with other people whenever these emotions would come up because um your recovery is on the line you know what i mean and and a lot of times we're just not emotionally intelligent in early recovery and if you think about it we've been using drugs for and drugs and drinking for a long time simply because of based off of how we feel so when we get sober, guess what comes back? It's our feelings. And um, so anger and resentment is number one. Number two is guilt and shame. And this is a big one. This is a big one because it goes hand in hand with addiction. When we are using, doesn't matter if you are a rock bottom drunk or addict. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've had an insane amount of consequences or not either way it creates that inner guilt and shame we feel we feel guilty for the way that we've treated ourselves we feel guilty for certain events that maybe took place in our life because we were under the influence we feel uh, guilty and shameful over you know maybe acting a certain way with our close relationships the family in our lives there's a lot of damage that gets caused in addiction. And the problem is, is once things happen, we cannot control it. It's gone. It's over with. And the issue is, is once we don't know how to actually properly deal with our past and we internalize this guilt and shame, it could drive us right back to where we came from. You know what I mean? Because we don't want to feel like that. And the more that we harp on these negative feelings, and we don't come to some type of conclusion or change our perspective on the events that have happened in our lives, then, you know, eventually we're going to want to escape, whether that's going back to old vices or finding new ones. So guilt and shame, it's a tricky one too, because like, obviously when we get sober, we realize a lot of the damage that we did could have been prevented. And it's more so of like, damn, why didn't I wake up to this earlier? Or, we, we almost become like remorseful and regretful that we didn't get sober before some of the damage happened. And I know that that was maybe the, that was definitely the case for me. And I know that other people feel like that too. But, but, you know, something that I always like to think about is, is can I change what, whatever I'm thinking, whenever I'm thinking about an issue or whenever I'm like, you know, an emotion comes up or whatever, I go back to my logic and it's like, okay, can I change this? 
Is this something that I actually can make a difference on? And if so, what is it? And if not, then I need to accept it. And the truth is, is guilt and shame are really useless feelings in the sense of moving forward. They're really productive feelings if you want to go backwards. You know what I mean? It's very, it's very easy to, um, it's very easy to get caught up in those emotions, and you're all of a sudden you're just in this negative spiral. And you have to be really careful. You could use guilt in a in a. There's reasons why we feel a certain way, right? I mean, we have guilt and shame. Uh, that's like I, I like to look at guilt and shame as as obviously they're intertwined with regret. And I like to utilize regret as my guideline. If I regret something, I look at that as a gift. And the reason I look at it as a gift is because it's put, it's supposed to be there to put me on a different path. However, it's not there to live, to live in. You know what I mean? Like we can utilize guilt and shame in small increments as basically I like to use it as like a measuring stick. Like if I feel guilty over something, you know, let's say I treat someone uh, poorly or I come out of like character and and uh, really quickly I maybe give someone bad energy or whatever and I feel guilty for that, I pay attention to that because it starts to interrupt my peace of mind. And that's like an indicator of, okay, this is a behavior that I need to correct. When a certain situation comes up again, I need to make sure that I don't act out in the same manner. I need to learn from this feeling. But what we're not supposed to do is continue to replay an event over and over and over again. I mean, shit, you already paid for it once. Why pay for it a million times? That's the real problem right there. Any emotions that come up and you start to harp on them over and over and over again, you're causing way more damage in replaying it than you did the one time that it happened. I don't care what the event was or what you feel guilty or shameful about. What you need to understand is you're causing more damage to yourself by replaying a certain event. And if you can't find a way to get over certain things, then you're really going to have a tough life. You know what I mean? Like life is a big mental game and we need to change our perspective on the events that happened. I look at all, to be honest with you, like, I look at all the events of my life as a fucking gift and I'm talking about all of them. Like anywhere from me going to jail when I was, when I was 19 and all the way to my father passing when I was three, because it, it, it turned me into the individual that I am today. You know what I mean? Like I truly believe that life is happening for me. It's not happening to me. And sometimes we get into these mindsets that life is happening to like to me, you know what I mean? Like this shouldn't have happened or I shouldn't have done that. Or we get the fucking, we get these like poor me's and no one wants to hear that shit. No one wants to hear it and no one wants to be around it. And it's not efficient. It's not a way to actually move forward in life game over like that that's just end of story like that's what it is so we need to find different ways to cope with things that have happened and things that you know that obviously we might not be proud of you know what i mean like i'm not proud of the fact that i robbed a fucking gas station when i was 19 years old you know what i mean but but i paid for it once why why would i pay for it again you know what i mean i'm not proud of the fact that like that I caused a lot of pain in my family and, 
and cause some turmoil there, right? But but listen, I got better. I got better and now the relationships in my the relationships in my life are better than they've ever been. You know what I'm saying? So like look at it as a, like I said everything is an opportunity. Like a lot of times the events that happen in our lives are truly blessing in disguise and it's those negative times it's those those really painful and those like the issues that I used to have with my family, like my grandmother, you know, my, and my mom and, and like, and it, and it was all my doing, you know what I mean? It was because I wasn't acting right. However, now because of those hard times, I'm able to appreciate the good times so much more. And that's how we have to look at things. It's fucking, it's, it's opportunity. It's opportunity. Like we have to look at the way that our life is played out as a big opportunity that life is just happening for us. Even the negative stuff, it makes us appreciate the good. So if you're constantly in a pessimistic mindset and you're focused on, on the negatives that have happened in the, in the past, you really got to change that shit because that's going to cause a lot more damage than, than you even realize. And we need to, really change our perspective in order to move forward in life. That's what growth really is about. And the last emotion that I wanted to touch on here is loneliness. This is an obvious one. I mean, it's just it's just as simple as this. Like addiction thrives in isolation, recovery thrives in unification and when we're plugged into others. So we really need to keep an eye on this and have some type of group, some type of people that, that can hold us accountability and that we feel a part of. This is why I do what I do as a coach. This is why, you, you know, this is why what really helped me was I went the 12-step route in the beginning. I went, to, I went to treatment, I went to meetings, but I got plugged in, I got connected. And so this is huge. It's a it's a must like we have to do it because if we feel alone and we are left to our own thoughts, this is going to feed ourselves. Excuse me. This is going to feed ourselves a, a negative thought loop because in early recovery, we just don't have the mindset to think in a different perspective. It just doesn't come magically. It really does take work. And the way that we do that is by getting connected with other people that have been where we are. You know what I mean? It's like go ahead and test it out. Like go and speak with somebody over a matter that you can relate, that you can relate to and that you respect. I guarantee as long as they're a healthy individual, obviously, and they're giving you some positive feedback, you're going to feel much better about whatever it is that you're going through after that conversation than beforehand. That's the, and that's the power of connection. It actually lifts us up. It, it, uh, it creates us into a person that we couldn't become on our own. And I actually, you know, I had, I had a, uh, I have a group coaching call every Sunday and, um, man, like the energy from that call and just speaking with people that, that, you know, that are addicts, just like me, addicts and alcoholics and in, in recovery, everybody's at different stages, but it's like when you get to connect with people, it's so beneficial for everybody involved. And that's the beautiful thing about recovery. That's why I do what I do as a coach, especially. And I love what I do because I get more out of like, I get more out of those calls than, than I think my clients do. You know what I mean? Like 
when I'm in flow state and, and I'm helping people, like what I mean by flow state is you, you get to a place when you're helping people where you're not thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about your own problems in life and it takes you away from yourself and that is freedom. That's truly what we're after. So when we get connected with other people, we're not worried about our own shit. Even when we're sharing a problem, like think of it this way, a problem shared is a problem cut in half. So if you find a good team of people, whether it be hiring a coach like myself, whether it be going to meetings, whether it be uh, going to some other type of support group or, you know, speaking with an addiction counselor or going to treatment, whenever we share our issues with other people that have been there, we become stronger just by sticking around and being in that environment. It's like the, the proof of concept is in front of us. Like, okay, I'm with other people that have been exactly where I am. And wow, this person has a pretty similar story to me, or they struggled with the same situation, or they had a situation that was even worse off than me. And if they can get sober, then why can't I? You know what I mean? It, it empowers us. As long as we're getting plugged in with the right people, of course, I'm not telling you, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you have a, a, a good team, you know, and this is why recovery coaching works. As long as you respect your coach, as long as you take direction, this is why meetings work for some people, right? This is why treatment works. Like we need to get plugged in because our own thoughts are no longer serving us. So loneliness is a big one. And, and you know, and take it from someone too. like, you might be listening to this and be like, Oh, I'm an introvert. Like, I don't really, I have social anxiety, like blah, blah, fucking blah. You know what I mean? And you like, I'm talking from someone who is like, I love my independence. I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm not saying that you need to get around a massive amount of people every day. That's definitely not what I'm talking about here. But I, you know, I live on my own. I'm very independent. I have my structure and my routine, but I also have the people in my life that I can count that, that I can really count on and talk to if I'm in a pinch or if I'm just going through something or even not like even when like, I'm, I don't wait to talk to people when shit's just going bad. You know what I mean? Like the point of life is to build meaningful relationships and, and we need that as human beings and we really need that in recovery. That's like non-negotiable. That's not something that is, is uh, you know, that's not something that really that we can seesaw on because as human beings, we're tribal animals. Like we do well in tribes. So we're built a certain way to really optimize, to become optimal in groups. So always keep that in mind. If you're feeling lonely, you have to you have to really pick your pick people that you respect. Like I mentioned before, go to meetings, try different try different routes. Go to meetings. You can you know, if you really need intensive help and you're struggling with certain like things like benzos or opiates, go to treatment for sure and get plugged in and learn different routes, different ways to connect with individuals. It's 2023. You can have a coach. You could be living in California right now. I live in Connecticut, and you can hire me as a coach, and you're getting connected with someone. You know what I mean? There's ways. It's fucking 2023. There's no excuses. There's 
opportunities to get connected with people in all in all ways like there's there's no way that you should say oh no there's there's nothing for me I can't I can't get connected with anybody I live in a small town it's like I don't want to hear it you know what I mean there are ways there's online meetings there's online coaches there's podcasts like there's ways to do it you know what I mean so um that's all I got for you guys. And listen, if you are interested in coaching, like if you feel like you're missing something, if you feel like you need more in your life and in your sobriety, give me a shout. You know what I mean? It's it's great energy. It's uh, I love what I do and I love the group coaching calls. It's really beneficial and for all parties, myself included. Um, so, and if you need other resources for help, you can contact me as well, not just for coaching. So my number is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. And uh, that's all I got for you guys. So much love. I will see you on the next one.